All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I know that, Mr. Man. They also call them cereals. I'm not stupid, you know. The story is ludicrous. You can imagine where it goes from here. Fixes the cable. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate, only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! It is After Dark. It is Black Dog Video. That makes this the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast, a.k.a. Black Dog AD. Right here in uh, sunny, cold, whatever, East Vancouver. My name is Dylan Reimer. I'm one of your hosts. And sitting to my left, as always, is... I'm Al Chisholm. I am a former employee of Black Dog Video. And uh, I also work at the Rio Theater on Broadway and Commercial. Fantastic. Did you, did you say Al? This yeah. is... Oh, we, cool. we, Sometimes I, I say I, I've never called you Al. You can if you want. I can call you Al. You can yeah. call me that if you want. I, I, I Just will, don't I, sing the Paul song. I'll be your bodyguard. Okay. Please don't. Is this how we're actually starting this podcast? We're all very mellow for yeah. some reason. Well, it's because we're all excited that we haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah, yeah it's I been smoked some time. a big fatty, so that helps. Yeah, well, uh, I haven't. No, I didn't smoke anything either. No, a couple beers, but yeah, a couple beers, swings. Anyways, yep. Yep. And, uh, and who are you? Oh, uh, uh, third voice. I'm uh, Darren Gay. I used to own Black Dog Video. I guess I'm just. Guy, I'm just a guy sitting in a room with some friends talking about movies. You still own the name Black Dog Video, though, don't you? I do, I do, but uh, you know, it's not a store anymore, so it's not quite the same thing. It's, it's a store in your heart, you know. Yeah, it's a store in my heart and in other places, but yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's still floating in the ether somewhere. Well, it, it, I know it's still, I still like, you know, there's, I mean, I'm, you know, you you warned us. For the past few years, it was always like, this might be the final year. There was preparation. Yeah. It's happened and stuff. But yeah, it does still feel kind of unreal. It does. It yeah. does. I was in, uh, I was in um, Soul Essentials today, the place that took over Black Dog yeah. with uh, Crispin, the owner. Nice guy. It's just so strange to be back in there again. But yeah, I yeah. can't bring myself to go in there. Is that yeah. why you like broke down sobbing and started rolling on the floor? And no, that was, that was a different reason. That was a different reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go into it. But yeah, no, it does <laughs> still feel strange. But yeah, there you have it. It was, I don't know. Is the bathroom still disgusting? It's all no, essentials. they've redone the bathroom. Oh Actually, my god! Jo- Josie sent us pictures from the bathroom, and it's like, really, yeah, it's like it's like Josie the, got the full tour. Yeah, it's like a, it's like something you've never seen before. It's like an actual nice bathroom, like yeah. a functioning toilet. Yeah, everything. I bought an April wine. I bought <laughs> There's a bathtub in there. I bought a few things. I bought an April wine a b- a bidet. Yeah, yeah. April an, an, an I bought, April wine bidet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started early making fun of Alex. We shouldn't have done this. No, I was trampling on you guys. I deserve that. I bought, I've been in Soul Essentials, and yeah, I bought an April Wine vinyl, a greatest hits, and a 45 of Clarence Carter's Stroken, as heard in William Friedkin's, uh, you know, Killer Joe movie. Oh, I like that movie. Sort of I've never heard the song Stroken. What's it about? It's an 80s funk tune, and okay. I think you can. <laughs> You can pretty much figure it's out about, by the title. It's, it's what about it's petting about. a cat. Yeah, but yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, yeah. Or is it about having a stroke? It's a cool shot. Like I, While I, petting a cat. Yes, <laughs> formally. <laughs> now, how many times have we even recorded since the shop closed? Is this only yeah, our second it, time? No, I, <laughs> no, I say about a half dozen. Yeah, 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 at least five or six. Oh, really? Yeah. It feels like way less than that. Yeah, well, we haven't done it in a while because Dylan was away on tour, That's like uh, touring mines of, of Germany or something like that. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. Um, and, but we did one with Josie, but it was a long time ago. That was a while ago. It was too long ago. But here we are now, and yeah. we're ha- happy to be back. Yeah, welcome and, back. Uh, yes, and uh, we are thrilled and, and um, overjoyed to be doing uh, what will probably be one of our most depressing episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, Remembrance Day is coming up, yep. and we we thought it would be an interesting topic uh, to talk about um, the, the role the war has played in cinema, and then um, discuss a few of our favorite uh, war or anti-war films. So here we are, mm-hmm. doing that very thing. Yeah. And I'm not really sure where we start. I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's like, like almost all war movies, like especially uh, the current ones, maybe the last since like Private Ryan, Saving Private okay, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So in the last twenty years, yeah. Or so. I wouldn't like they're all they're all anti-war movies. Like I, there's hardly it's hard to think of any pro-war movies like that were that there's some like you know obviously from the fifties, sixties, forties, and that kind the of stuff. Eighties, I'd say maybe even the eighties. Sure. Um, but, well, and by pro-war, it's like you mean like like openly propagandistic, propagandistic, and like, like uh, movies like um, the one that always one that pops to mind is the Green Berets, the John Wayne uh, piece of shit movie from um, I guess the early seventies, I think, maybe the late sixties about the Vietnam War, where you know the Vietnamese were just totally demonized, and he's all rah rah. John Wayne was always a douchebag, anyways, um, and all of his, any movies, any war movies that he was in, or had part of. That I can remember, anyways, were always pro-war movies. There was right. not, there was not like an anti-war, war as hell kind of message there. It was always, you know, charging over the hill with your buddies and not getting shot, and and if you did, you just fall down and that's it. Because you know, there's right. no guts and anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, ever since the sort of the new, the new wave, well, I think like sort of a new wave of war movies with Saving Private Ryan, with Thin Red Line, yeah. uh, Born on the Fourth of July, you know yeah. that that kind of stuff. Um, you don't, I, I can't even go back and watch movies like older war movies anymore just because, just because they're just, they just don't have that sense of realism or horror. Well, okay. So, cause okay. Earlier today in preparation for this, I watched the, the new, uh, 2022 version of, uh, all quiet on the Western front. I've seen that and as I was well. very nervous about it because, uh, the 1930 version is one of my favorite films of all time. You know, I, you know, I've I, never, I've never seen that one. Oh, yeah. you have to. Yeah. There's a '70s version as well, '70s or early '80s. '79, yeah. And uh, the actor's name slips my mind, but John Boy Walton. John Boy yeah, Walton. Yeah, uh, yeah. Richard Thomas. Richard Thomas. Yeah. I almost always call him Richard Harris. Right. But Richard two, Thomas. Two different guys. Yes, yes. two very different um, guys. But like, okay, so growing up as I did, I think we all did in the eighties. I, I, I grew up. I don't know if you grew up or not. Um, maybe work, you're like, maybe work, you're, maybe you're like Peter Pan. I'm working on it. The boy who never grew up. <laughs> but okay, during the Cold War, um, it's weird to think that my childhood was technically in the Cold War, but there it was. Well, we all were. There was a lot of Rambo. There was a lot of Hamburger Hill. There yeah. was a lot of uh, Heartbreak Ridge. The, 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 like, like when I was a kid, or, or Red Dawn, yeah. like, like a war movie was almost always some pro-America yeah. bullshit. Those, those are all pro-war and, and, movies, and it, in my opinion. It really wasn't until, and I remember I was going to see The Princess Bride when I was like 11 I mean, years that's old. That's one of my favorite war movies. 
That mo- yeah. It's technically a war between uh, Inigo Montoya and the man with six fingers. True. Yeah. But but uh, I remember waiting in line, and there was a poster for Full Metal Jacket, and it was just a helmet that said... Uh, war is hell, and there's a peace symbol on it or something like that. Or, no, I think it said, like, bury me with upside down so, so you can born kiss to, my I think house. it's Born to Kill, I it's think. It's Born it. to Kill. Or born, born to Kill. kill. But there's anyway, also a peace But I was uh, way, way, way too young. And I remember thinking, like, ugh, another war movie. You're like, oh, cool helmet. Um, and then when I eventually saw Full Metal Jacket, I was a little confused because it didn't seem to be terribly... It seemed to be very cynical, very negative. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, it, that and Platoon might be the first uh, I can think of in, in what you would call maybe, like, sort of, like, cynical... Oh, There's a cat attacking oh, your foot. There's a cat attacking my foot. <laughs> it's because I stepped on a mouse You're at, You're at war with the cat. The cat's at war with my foot. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the aggressor. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'd be well with my race to break that cat's neck right now. Don't do that. I'm sorry, I won't. That's okay, good. Um, but it really wasn't until like the, maybe the mid to late '80s that that you started to see um, like less jingoistic. Although, I'm, I'm, don't forget, this is the era of Top Gun, and that movie is generally was such a blockbuster. It's considered with uh, rehabilitating the military's. True. Yeah. Image very much so, and, and and like applications for the Air Force went way but up. Strangely, I never thought of film. Top Gun as being a war movie. It, I it, know. it is because there is some fighting, but it's a, like an un, unnamed yeah. enemy, as far as I remember, anyways. Because it, it's hard. They've got black masks on. They look reason, more like stormtroopers. Even though right. it's a military film, and, and see, this is why I think this is an interesting uh, is su- it not subject Soviets? for a podcast. It's Soviets, isn't it, Mix? I, 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 I mean, I haven't seen Top Gun since I was a kid. It's clearly the Soviets, just like the new one is, yeah. but, but, is but they the weren't Soviets. but they weren't called the Soviets so were they I don't remember I, I don't remember. I never liked the movie no anyways, no, no they, they never named the aggressor right but but uh, my point is listeners out there see, feel see, free to see what I'm wondering right in see, what, <laughs> T- tune us out and log on to Wikipedia if no, don't, don't we're too okay. sketchy so at, okay so details. so as I was watching this new version of All Quiet on the Western Front uh, this afternoon yeah. by the way beautiful sunny afternoon. Yeah, uh, cup of tea, some some um, some cookies. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and some horrific war. And that's uh, that's really when you want to watch this new, incredibly gory, <laughs> even more depressing version Overlong. of of uh, yeah. of All Quiet. But I was wondering, like, what is a war movie? Because there are movies where the military is involved. Like, like Tropic Thunder is not a war movie. War, sure, ga- war, it's, war it's games a war are, comedy. War games and isn't a war. Top movie. Gun is a war movie in the sense that it's about preparation for war. Okay, that's but, what helped make it so popular too. See, because see, it was and like, it had some battle shit in it too. It so. left out like. The politics in the actual war as much as it could, and it's more kind of. It like, was like a recruiting, rah, rah, film recruiting, kind of recruitment yeah. movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, see, but I, I, I would disagree, and and for some reason, I, I, I think in order you need for an it, actual it, war it, in that movie to be a war, it has. Movie. It, but there was for, war for, for, it, for my sort of, for so. my definition of a war movie. It has to be. Uh, a, a real war that actually happened, not a, f- a fictitious one. Like, so what about like, like Red Dawn? So what about War of the Worlds? Uh, definitely not. No, okay. And, and enemy. Mine what about War of the Roses? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most brutal war of all. What about movies? <laughs> enemy. enemy but what mine? about films? Well, that, <laughs> that was actually. I got my hair cut earlier. By the way, Jefferson's Barbershop. That's the oh. place. To get your hair cut on Commercial Drive. They do fabulous. But work. Jeff Jeff uh, suggested Enemy Mine as being an anti-war film, which it. Technically is sort of, but I don't know. Anyway, so Jeff's insane. So <laughs> I, 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 I just realized 
there are so many different versions of war movies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's. there's there's the enthusiastic "Let's go kill them all" movies, like like the John Wayne when you were just men- yeah. mentioning, or, or like a, or like um, or, or 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 um, uh, I just mentioned uh, uh, sorry, uh, Navy SEALs, which, right. which is just or the blatant uh, like, propaganda. Well, like the '80s were rife with those with the Rambo um, sequels. Not the first first blood. I was I would consider an anti-war film. Yes, um, but the sequels where yeah. he goes back and writes the wrongs, the wars that they lost. Like in uh, you know in yeah. Vietnam, and, and then just keeps writing the wrongs. Yeah, and exactly. Just does it over and over. And then all again. those those terrible Chuck Norris ones, missing in action, oh, yeah, one missing to seven or whatever. Um, those were all jingoistic pro-war movies. You know, with America, you can't. You know, it's going to kick ass. It doesn't matter what happens. Although know? I will say, I I saw Missing in Action when I was like like nine years old or eight years old or whatever. And and it was one of those things where like the older kids, like the thirteen year olds, were watching this, and I just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where they like put a rat in a bag and tie it to his head while he's tied upside down by his, by his wow. ankles. That's like the really and, and he's like he's like he's shaking around, shaking around. Well, that's a, that's the that's the worst thing. You don't shake it around. But then he, but then he kills the rat with his teeth. <laughs> he bites it. He bites it to death. Yeah, he kills. Does, does he swallow it? He probably should have. But but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So back to. Um, Back to uh, uh, a Full Metal Jacket, the poster for Full Metal Jacket and Platoon, which I think they came out at the same year, probably. Cl- cl- close to it. It was like the like mid-80s. It, it, I think where, Platoon where, came that, out I, just before. I think that's where the tide turned, where it's it, it's yeah, like, well, okay, we, we don't... I mean, yes, there were anti-war movies before that, but honestly... With the exception of like the Great Dictator and All Quiet on the Western Front, like there, there, I, I there, there, can't really, there, I can't think of any like nineteen fifties or sixties. Well, there's, or 70s, uh, there's, well, there's the plenty movies. from yeah. There's Kubrick's uh, Paz pa- de Glory is one of my picks. Yes. I, okay, yeah. I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed all, to say I've never seen it's it. It's all about an incident in World War One, where a French battalion who refused to follow orders, one of them was singled out. And tried for cowardice and made an example because the whole battalion had refused to participate in this. On this Pointless jumping yeah, over the wall. It would have been it was totally suicidal mission. They didn't do it. So to punish them, one is selected. And Kirk Douglas is the defense attorney in that movie. Known Frenchman, it's Kirk absolutely Douglas. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's a great film. It's uh, a, also, it was also, banned for years too by in France. Okay, well, also, also Kubrick's really uh, Doctor Strangelove is a anti-war well. I mean, film. I mean that's it's probably going to come up later in the podcast yeah. when we did. When, when Look we're at like, uh, Catch Twenty Two as well from the sixties. Yeah. Okay, so Mash, so, yeah, I mean, so, Mash for sure. Yeah, so, that, so yeah. that's one of the first big where, irreverent war films where it's like you, you, you know, gave many but, people they felt the permission to laugh at the yeah. subject. Yeah, but it's funny because like Mash set in Korean War, but it was really Vietnam. Of course, but was, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't discuss Vietnam. Well, one, the war was still going on, and th- well, that's why they deliberately left Korea, like references to Korea, out of the script mm. because they felt it played just like it was happening in Vietnam at the time, right? Isn't it isn't it interesting how um, uh, the government factors in on this? Because, because uh, with the invasion of Iraq, I mean, it was a couple of years before Three Kings came out. That was the first one I could think of that actually was any movie that actually dealt with Americans invading Iraq. There's not That's a, lot, there's a brilliant not, film. By it's the a way. great film, but yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, there's not. I don't. There's, I, don't I, I, I love that movie. I, did, I, I love the movie. I don't and like it's, it at it, all. But it's very critical of American foreign policy. That's and first it's and foremost. As fuck. Yeah, it's first and foremost an action film. I wouldn't watch a movie like Three Kings as necessarily a tribute to, you know, those fallen on Remembrance Day. You know, I don't. No, is that? It's more of a. I don't think we should action, stray too far it's from more that. Of an action, well, action no, no, but, but, but it, it is an interesting discussion to have. 
clearly there's an appetite for especially for since war all, movies yeah. and we're all and, unprepared and, then, and, then, and it's good killer. I, I mean this isn't a war movie but uh, I, I saw a behind the scenes thing for Air Force One oh right get, get off my <laughs> plane and, it, and they were no. in, and they were interviewing these very smug Air Force uh, douchebags and they were like well, yes, yeah, you know, uh, the the production company has to come to us, and you know, we have to clear everything. Well, for example, Air Force One would never be taken over by terrorists, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was in the movie. But but it got me thinking, like, and Steven uh, okay, Seagal uh, uh, would never die. Oh, you're thinking of executive decision. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Whoops, I'm oh, mixing up my schlock. Okay, well, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, I suppose Wolfgang Peterson, who made Air Force One, would never true. cast Steven anyway, Seagal. I didn't, I didn't my want, apologies. I didn't want to start Sorry. talking about schlocky Apology action accepted. movies. Wolfgang, rest I just, in peace. I just wanted to point out that it had never occurred to me that Hollywood had to run it by the fucking American military. Oh, yeah, they did. If they actually wanted to use, like... You know, uh, yeah. like 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 a helicopter or a well, plane that's, well, that's or a, a tank thing. or whatever. Well, that's the thing because it, it like they had to do that, or they couldn't have access to all the hardware because that stuff's like billion dollar stuff. By yeah. the way, so they just, but, but but they can still have like, like a cardboard one in well, the background or something. Yeah, or they could just, yeah, or they could just make their own tank or or. It's a lot easier just to get the you know the the. I know, but but but, but it's they, a they, closer they, relationship than you think. And by the way, a couple about within the past few years. It was at least aired. I don't know exactly when it was produced, but CBC Radio Ideas had an excellent series called Hollywood at War. And it's about like myth on screen. It's a series and it's and it was a three part series. And it the the two, the military and like the Hollywood studios far more hand in hand than you would actually realize. No, no, I believe realize. it. I don't doubt that. I don't, Especially in terms of you want this access, you got to give this particular message. Well, yeah, I, they have to have script like well, script approval, which is bullshit. But you mentioned some John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when you mentioned that, I, 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 I thought of, uh, what's it called? I don't know. It's not The Best Day. The Longest Day. The Longest Day. Yes. That's the a best wonderful day. movie. Yeah. Right, it definitely wasn't the best. But thing. it's not an anti-war movie, is it? No, well, it's it's one of those ones that kind of straddle. It's just basically it just shows what happened yeah, on D-Day. Right. But it's it's more. Pro, I'd say it's more pro-war. There's certain films like that. For example, Patton. I'm a big fan of Patton. Me too. Although, yeah, me too. Patton is often considered and even demonized. I heard Oliver Stone slag it a few times and stuff as glorifying war. But for me. It's more like these events actually happened. You know, I mean, obviously the film will mm. take some liberties. And same with The Longest Day. But it's more, it's just really what it boils down to is what had to happen or what, not even what had to, but what happened that day. This is yeah. how it went down. It's like just the, an the, okay. like, 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 there's, a, and, there's a scene in Patton where like there's a, a, a plane, a German yeah. plane that's stra- strafing the uh the troops or whatever. And he's yeah. and Patton stands out with his, his two, his two shock as two side Pistol guns. No, this is what are pistols? What are small small guns that you put yeah, in your hand? Yeah, smaller than shotguns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pistol guns, pistol handguns. Pistols. Yeah, and he's yeah. shooting at the plane as it's flying over, and it's like, I don't know if that actually happened. It probably yeah. did, but it's very. It can be looked at both ways. It could be looked at as you know, very oh, America, blah blah blah. But at the same time, this guy's a fucking lunatic yeah. who's out there being an idiot and putting his life at risk to you know show the to inspire the, the troops yeah. too like he's not hiding somewhere barking out orders uh, okay. I mean pl- I mean the thing about Patton as well you don't have to like I don't because I've told people like oh man it's so pro-war but it's like well when it boiled down to him and Hitler I'm glad this guy was leading the <laughs> allies you know what I mean Patton himself yeah. you know rather so, than so he had, well he was he was in he, there yeah, he anyway, needed yeah. that guy well one of them that's yeah, all yeah, I mean yeah exactly like, yeah. okay so so here's 
here's the here's my conundrum this this afternoon when I'm watching this this uh, new remake of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Should I have like a peanut butter sandwich or a tuna fish sandwich? You know what? I didn't want I didn't watch a sandwich. You didn't watch Should a sandwich. You didn't John watch any Boy sandwiches. Or the, <laughs> I didn't eat a sandwich. I didn't stop. I didn't go into the kitchen to make a sandwich. Wow! So I, you must have enjoyed it then. I did. I did. I really loved it. Actually, I thought it was a very good film. Um, as well. I, it's not as good as the 1931, in right. my opinion. Right. I prefer the 1931 because it's just a bit more personal. The, the, the thing um, is, you know, I was, as I said earlier, I just like me. Like I remember, like years ago, I went to watch uh, Billy Wilder, Wilder's Stalag Stalag Seven Seventeen or Seventeen. Seventeen. And I got about fifteen minutes in, and it was like I can't watch this. It's just because they're all kind of goofy, you know, jovial, joking around guys in the bunker and stuff. Like, so, you, so you must hate uh, Hogan's just, Heroes. I never liked Hogan's Heroes. By the way, the, never producers, <laughs> the producers of Stalag 17 sued Hogan's Heroes because there's actually a couple of the same actors in there oh, and really? stuff. And they claimed it was totally ripping it off. Like they Yeah, were, I can see that. Even though but, they lost the case. But the thing so. is, after watching movies like Saving Private Ryan, Thin yeah. Red Stalag Line, like all, all those sort of like realistic, things. grim awful you know war is hell right. kind of movies i just can't go back and watch those anymore okay so but here's my question so i'm watching this i'm enjoying it a lot but i can't help but think uh about like saving private ryan mm-hmm. and, and what i'm and then i get into the pro-war versus uh anti-war film thing and i think there are some movies that you might think are anti-war because because it was suggested earlier in this podcast that just by nature of being a, a movie made after a certain point about war it must be anti-war mm-hmm. but then i started thinking about saving private ryan right and uh knee-jerk reaction oh it must be an anti-war film but i frankly i don't think it is it's I, it's, I, it's one of those ones that straddles that line but i, I don't know how well I, I think it's a pretty I, I think it's borderline propaganda frankly but, even even despite the first 17 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it was mm-hmm. brutal horrifying but but I, I feel like all of that brutality and, 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 and realism in the end only serves to uh, promote the American military. Because at the very end of the movie, it, it's a soldier going like, I hope, I hope I did it for the right reasons. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, it's, it starts with the American flag and ends yeah, with the American it's, flag. Yeah, it's like... It, and it's like like but, where is the line between pro-war well, I don't, and anti-war? Well, I don't, I don't think... Saving Private Ryan had a anti-war message, but I don't think it had a pro-war message either. It's just a it was a war movie, but which also is one of the first ones that I, that I can remember. Anyways, was that graphic? It was, and, it, and it's uh, and it's you know blowing people up and, and it's, those it, faces it, off and, and, and shit like it, that. It's astonishing when you, yeah. especially the first time you see it. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, when when I referred to like after that movie, like I can't go back and watch the other ones. It's just for the fact of that realism. That because um, I like back in the day you hear that same gunshot like pew yeah, you know yeah. whatever and the guys would just fall down and yeah. it's just and you just can't see that it anymore. It was also horrifying too when the guys are like underwater and in the water and you forget they're totally getting shot. Yeah, like while like, submerged. Well, yeah. well, the thing the, the, the thing I liked about that movie because like maybe it was There's the no whole because after that opening scene they set the Germans up as so terrifying and so like. So hard Every, to everyone knows they were fun loving guys. Yeah, exactly. This is terrifying. I know, stuff. I know, but I've never like seen the Germans portrayed as that scary before. Like every time they came on the screen with their tanks or like the you know the, the knife fights and stuff like that. It was just dun, like, dun, dun. so. I don't like. I don't know. It, it's, it's it's a good movie. I don't know if it's pro war or anti war. I don't. Know. I, yeah, well, well I, it has well, a I, bit of both. I mean, because but there's also again, like it the 
you know, these are actual battles that happened, and it's like that's what it took to win them. Yeah. Right? yeah. We, okay. Yeah. But, this is all based on true but, stories. But, stuff but, and, but, yeah. yeah, but, th- but then. Also, uh, toy from it, the American point of view. So, sure, you're, yeah. you're going to, if toy from the, at that point of view, you're going to have the enemy as being the enemy. Yeah, you know what course. I mean? But, but um, there's a moment in, in in the battle sequence. Sorry, Darren. No, no, no. I'm, that's all I had to say. Um, I'm out. A, there, there's, there is a moment. There's a single, and this is often the case with Spielberg. Actually, there's a lot of times there's like one little thing that's just a, a bit too much mm-hmm. that takes me out of it and kind of ruins the entire movie. Uh, is that it, when ET went across the moon? It's, and, when, uh, the it's, it's, it's when Elliot and ET fly their bike over the beach, <laughs> and they're, and they're, gonna, and they're gunning just, down the Germans. For me, and I Captain, thought Captain Hill hooked. I really, up. what annoyed me, it totally undermined the whole DD invasion. That shark fin on the horizon. I know. Like, the, what the well, fuck? Like they had to deal with all the yeah. German shit. There's fucking enough, sharks in the water. Yeah. Anyway, no. There's a moment. Because I remember going to see uh, Saving Private Ryan, and uh, for the first like 13, 14 minutes, like just like, yeah, like, like everybody just you're in shock, almost sickened. It's a barrage. But of, there's yeah. a moment where a guy gets his helmet dinged, and then uh, takes the helmet. He takes off, the helmet off, and then Tom Hanks says like, "You lucky bastard!" And then and then the, that guy gets gets shot, gets shot, in shot right in the forehead. Yeah. yeah. And I remember thinking, I've seen like, that. I've seen that in so remember, many movies. I remember thinking, like, ah, oh, Spielberg, you just had to throw in that that per. You, yeah. you can't just let it fucking go. No, nope. you can't just go. That guy was lucky. Yeah, you know. And it, I thought that was it, a great moment myself. See, I, I found that so unrealistic, and it, it just it took me out of it. Now, what I'm wondering is, World War II is happening in real life, and they're making all these movies, and they're they're understandably pro-join the army and stop the Nazis. Are you talking like the, when the actual World War was going I, on? I, yeah, I'm talking about we go back in time, okay. and, and we're back in the, in, in the late 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s. And like, a lot of propaganda stuff. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. At what point, like what was the first movie that actually said, whoa, this war thing was really fucked up and we were lied to by our government just to get us to... Well, World War II wasn't like that. It wasn't a lie to the government. The, the government didn't lie to you. To get to go, like, oh, there, there was, it was, I don't want to say it's cut and dry because it's not. Never, I, I think there's probably a lot of lying black, black, on, the, on behalf of the government. Yeah, there's a lot of gray areas, but World War II, it's really hard to argue that the Nazis were, you know, had some good ideas. You know? No, 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 obviously not. Well, World War, the thing is World War One is, is, is a bit of, more of a gray area. But Way more of a gray area. But uh, there's a movie called Best Years of Our Lives that came out after just after World War II ended. I think it was like 46 or 47. And it's about um, uh, soldiers sort of trying to get back into society and some are missing limbs. And it's really, it's a really, it's an, ex- it's an excellent film. Um, but it, 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 you didn't, I don't think that might've been like the first one to deal with World War II as an actual, you know, right. like actual effects it had on people. Like, when, like yeah. not some jingoistic, no. like, 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 like go, go and a, join the army. There, there's a really interesting series. Like just like a work of art that is dealing with yeah, the, 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 the after effects. insane and, thing that happened. Yeah. And then these people, you know, they had PS, PS, PTSD. Thank you. Um, they had ESP, <laughs> and they came back and STDs. Yeah, and STDs. But they didn't. They didn't know what it was then. It just called shell shock or whatever. They didn't know how to deal with that. And people trying to like to go from that situation of you know fighting and being in the mud and this and that, and then have to go live with your family back in like a house and stuff like that. Yeah, and, just, and you know you've lost your arm or you've lost your leg, and just ha- and having to deal with the ramifications of that, and people looking on you with you know pity and that just weirdness and whatnot. It was a really good film, the way it had dealt with that interact or integration back into society. So something along the lines of, am I cutting you off? Nope, nope. I'll let you know when you're cutting uh, me off. I, it just occurred to me I've I, I've actually never seen this, but uh, the Deer Hunter. 
I think might deal with the same. Well, well that's yeah. There's a, there's a the the the, the, the sort of the, the big uh, the, the three films that came out after the Vietnam War. This the Vietnam War is really interesting because there was really nothing made during the war that was against the war. Yeah. Um. It because. America was losing it, and yeah. and but every time there's a war, they don't make anti-war movies. Is, uh, is what I find. That was that was a that was when the floodgates really started of films. I mean, there were other examples like okay, Paths of Glory, like I said, 1957, heavily critical of World War One and all the contradictions, mm-hmm. like the moral issues and the legal issues tied in with warfare and stuff. But uh, yeah, the seventies with it was the new Hollywood with all these anti-Vietnam films. Where it was the first time where really the government itself but it, it, was it, being it, heavily criticized. But it, it, it took a while. But, it took a while for those films to actually come out. Like yeah. uh, like uh, Coming Home, Apocalypse Now, and Deer Hunter, the three ones that all come late seventies. Yeah. All late seventies movies dealing with the Vietnam War that in a critical way that was not dealt with. And the. The Deer Hunter still super controversial because a lot of people felt it was totally pro-American, pro-war. What's up, Greg? There are six anti-war films during World War I. <laughs> Someone's doing their homework. Okay. What, what, yeah, we don't pretend to be like historians here. We're just like movie fans yeah. rambling uh, on. I just like I said, I would interject and six six anti-war films during World War One. What were they, Greg? <clears throat> well, I'm gonna go. Well, that's not during World War One, isn't it? No, well, World War that... One would ended in nineteen eighteen. Well, I'm not a historian either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing All Quiet on the Western Front is one of those. Correct. When was that made? Nineteen sixty. Nineteen thirty. Nineteen thirty. Well, that's not made during the war. No, 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 no. He said about World War One, didn't he? I thought he said during. Uh, Shoulder Arms, Charlie Chaplin. No, that's not on here. Okay. Journey's End. Journey's West, End. West Front, nineteen eighteen. Oh, never heard that one. Kimir Radishoft. That sounds very German. Sorry, go, go back. Did you say uh, Western Front, nineteen eighteen? West Front, nineteen eighteen. West Front, nineteen eighteen. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was earlier than thirty. No, no, no. It's. I think. I think it's different. It's nine, well, the book wasn't written until nineteen twenty-nine. They may have made the movie first. <laughs> it was a novelization, <laughs> like a, Return of the Jedi. It was a comic book. This is also a great war movie. Sorry, what? No, I'm good. There's only uh, Tell England. But well, another like a, one, one yeah. of the all-time greats. Thank you, Greg. One of yeah. the all-time greats, and I'm just uh, sorry, just a second here. Okay, so yeah, you're talking, you're checking your text instead. Would you like me to look that up for you? Like, like, <laughs> uh, like it, one of the truly great, the greatest anti-war films ever. Period. Fr- another French film is, uh, even though I mean Kubrick's film wasn't French, but it was set in France. But yes, Jean Renoir's. Grand, Grand Illusion, Illusion yeah. 1936. That's a, that's, a, that's a great film for sure. And, and that, uh, you know. It's been years since I've seen it, but it totally devastated me when I watched it. In fact, I've only seen it once. Oh, especially the ending. Yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah but just, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean. But, I mean, there's been films, yeah. I mean, each conflict's <laughs> been scrutinized in its own way, but it was more open season during non because no one agreed with that war pretty much. But as I mentioned, it, nothing was really made yeah. during the war. It's it was true. after it was the war. just as the war was winding yeah. down. Well, yeah. like, even, like, there's really, I don't know, like, there's really any wars, like, well, not, like, there's not really wars happening right now. Well, are, are we going to count? Well, there's wars happening now. Where? Like, there's, oh. Well, Russia and Ukraine. Well, they, oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> they, well, <laughs> for for a okay, minor well, example. Well, hold on. Yeah. This, is a very, this is a very good example. Now, we, uh, need, we need to edit things. <laughs> yeah. So we don't sound so <laughs> So bad. I don't sound so, it's so, only been, so stupid. Okay, it's only been uh, 10 or 11 months since the Russia invaded the Ukraine. 
Uh, Where's your Russian-Ukraine movie? Where is it? Well, Someone? see, this is the... Well, because they, I, I remember when Sean Penn's on the they, ground. No, well, it hasn't been going wait, wait, on long but, enough. No, no, but I remember when Three Kings came out. It'd been like uh, about two years in. No, God, no. Well, Three Kings it came out in '99, so it was years after. Okay, yeah. The actual but conflict it, it, was with. No, but it uh, seemed yeah. opportunistic. This is the dumbest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 I think well, we're, we're trying to sound smart. What are you talking about? The most this is part, actually this is probably the most meaningful podcast oh, we've ever God. done. If so, yeah. Sorry, it's not Weekend at Bernie's. You know, <laughs> that's but, that's a great war film. But but um, the war on death. Anyway, yeah, no, there will for sure be uh, a, a Ukraine war movie. Of coming course, out. there will. The, the one uh, conflict I can think of that, as far as I know, uh, only had a couple of movies was the uh, the Serbian Croatian one. Right, and one of those films was the Peacemaker uh, with, with the George uh, Clooney, with George Clooney, and Nicole, uh, and Nicole Kidman. Right, and the other I, I want to talk about later. There, there's probably some movies that are not American that were made about that war. Well, and that's the other thing is there yeah. is that there is that kind of bias that we have. Yes, where it's like yeah, we, we we just we may not have seen them. Either. Another yeah. another war movie I love is from 1975, British Overlord. It's directed by a guy named Stuart Cooper. I never saw Overlord. I it's, think it was really cool. It's wonderful. There's a Criterion edition of it. He basically, this guy, Stuart Cooper, the director, worked in the Brit- in a war museum in Britain. I guess the war museum in Britain. It had access to all this black and white stock footage and just you know film footage of weapons testing and actual battles and things like that. It was all black and white, of course, so he wrote a story and filmed it in black and white of a young soldier going off to D-Day. And he splices it in right. seamlessly with the battle footage, and it's incredible. Pretty cool. I always wondered why like all that footage, even like in Korea and a lot of Vietnam stuff, is, is black and white. Like They had color film in the 40s. Like Why was it all like black and white? Like, was it cheaper? Is cheaper, that cheaper I guess. Cheaper and just I mean, I easier mean... To, to get cameras. Actually, there's this great um, uh, series called uh, Some Came Back, I think it's called. Uh, it's about like five renowned directors like oh, John Ford oh, and William Wyler. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Over after yeah. World about, War II. Because they were, they were commissioned to make films. Yeah, about it's, called, War. it's called Five Came Back. Five Came Back, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it's about uh, making propaganda films and stuff like that for World War II. Yeah, and it's, it's like, uh, God, it's like John, John Ford goes to uh, like Japan or something. It, it, um, there's, there's, supposedly uh, Russ Meyer was... <laughs> was George Patton's war photographer? Really? Sorry, but he became a director. I'm, I'm just picturing Russ Meyer doing like a, a some war propaganda films. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't direct then; he was a You're photographer. Right. Yeah. Cool. Nudie film in a foxhole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. really big boobs. <laughs> Russ Meyer's foxholes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but there is another war that we we haven't addressed yet. The war on Christmas is that the one we're talking about? That, that's right. Right. Excellent. Yeah. The 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 woke Nazis. <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this. <laughs> no, it, it is the Cold War. Growing was up, the Cold growing War. up in the eighties, we all grew up. It with was it. the middle of the Cold War, which is weird because it wasn't really much of a war. It was just. I thought, like, you, it, I thought, thought you were going to say it was it a wasn't threat. Like cold. It was yeah. a threat. Yes, and it was just like a lingering. I, I, like threat. I just and we've we've discussed this on uh, on war games. Other episodes we did uh, with war games and um, weekend at Bernie's. And, and then the blob. No, it was oh God. Um, uh, Miracle Mile. We, we right, talked right, about Miracle, Miracle Mile, Mile and yeah. um, and, uh, and and War Games. Love that movie. But like it's referred to as the Cold War, mm-hmm. and, and as a kid, I always 
felt on some, even like 1%, 2%, I always felt like we were kind of always going to get nuked. And to this day, I still feel that way. Yeah. Um, I don't think about it much, actually. But there were a lot of movies involving the the Cold War. Red Dawn. Yeah, Red, or, or, or War Games. <laughs> yeah. or, um, Top Gun. Or DEFCON 1. Or, DEFCON 4. <laughs> whatever the hell it's called. It does not deal with war. That's a totally ludicrous... Well, well, post apocalyptic. No. Well, I mean, I guess it's post apocalyptic. No, but the cold, the, the cold War Death is. Con Four. It was. This is like on the moon or something like that. It was filmed in the Sackville Land. Exactly. It was filmed, exactly. It was filmed in Nova Donovan, Scotia, yeah, present day. <laughs> and they just assumed it was <laughs> a post apocalyptic. <laughs> no, nightmare. it's Schlock and the Donovan Brothers. Though it's brilliant because the Donovan Brothers built their fortune. On that movie, they gave it a totally misleading poster. The poster's the best and thing with the movie. It's a great poster. Yeah, no, and I'm not dissing them either. I want I'm not a T-shirt of that poster. I know it's, it's a amazing. wonderful success story. I'm not dissing these. Anyway, guys my at all. my point is this: is is, is does the cold a, does the cold war count as a war when it comes like. to anti-war movies? I think it does. What? Well, I don't think the cold war was actually a war because. Nobody was ever. No, really it wasn't killed. actually. It wasn't actually no, technically of a war. Not. It, yeah. But it was like. A, just, it was are a, you just figuring out now <laughs> that the Cold War wasn't actually a war, <laughs> and that was just like a metaphorical description and the, like a. News it was a. It was a whipping your dick out yes, war. Just, yes, old man. I'm just figuring that out now. <laughs> no, no. It, what, what, no, my my point is is the Cold War's impact on cinema. So you have um, anti-war movies set during the Cold War. That are very much anti-war movies. Yeah, even, war even, games. Yeah. Well, well it's all about because war games. it was everything was. It wouldn't just be like a normal battle. It would be nuclear. Yeah, which be the, brings the, me to two of my all-time. Favorite I know what films. you're going to say. I know. Yeah. Save, no. it, save it for the second no, half of the no, podcast. Yeah. No, no, you're oh, thinking okay. about it now. Like, no, I, I, I was going to. I was going to mention it right now. No, we're going to do our picks. Yeah, I know, but we still need to talk about these films. If you bring the subject up, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Some of the major films that were two of my favorites, both British. One from 1966 and one from 1984. Carry on the buses. War game. <laughs> war game by Peter Watkins, which is a totally terrifying look. War war game. War game. War game, okay. The war game. I've never seen any and it Basically, movies. it takes all the then current laws and uh, methods of dealing with a nuclear attack and applies it applies them for real, like they film basically how none of that would actually work. It's a it's the grandfather of threads, which I think is the greatest anti war. Which is the next one you're gonna mention, ever, which I was gonna mention before yeah. because the war game and directed by Peter Watkins and Mick Jackson's threads from 1984 are my, I consider the greatest anti-war films because those movies take the step. Well, where do we go from here? And if there is another big war, that's going to be the outcome of it. And basically shows you in minute graphic detail, how we can never let that happen. Snap uh, er, each and every one of us drop the politics. Let's cut through the bullshit here. If this happens, we're completely finished. Don't let it happen. And frankly, like I don't think anybody who's been watching the news in the last like eleven months or so hasn't. At least I've been thinking of. Oh yeah, threads a lot. Or or the day after. It's it, well. The funny thing about the day after. It's not very good. Because I, no, I went down this uh, this uh, nuke movie rabbit hole. As one does. And I, and I watched uh, Threads, The Day After. Um, uh, Testament from that era is superb. Um, That's a good one too, yeah. Brilliant uh, film. Walter Matthau, Black and White. Uh, oh, Failsafe. Failsafe. Failsafe is great. Failsafe yeah. might might make my top three. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I forgot about I forgot about that. That's a great movie. Films. Came out the but, same but, but, year um, as Strange Love. Anyway, I, I went down this like rabbit hole. 
And I guess it's because I watched Threads first, and then I watched The Day After. The Day After just seems so much like it's, wussier. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's really soft. It's got Steve and, Gutenberg. And, and, yeah, and, and it, they all go to church at the end, oh even God. though it's a nuked church, <laughs> and they're all dying. Because it's fucking America. Whereas Threads was like woman getting raped and then and then uh, has, has like a... Uh, a radiation uh, miscarriage and, and they, like, they, they chew mean? off the umbilical but, but, cord but, but, in a, but, yes. in a, but in America you can still go to church and die of radiation poisoning oh. like on some weird level it was like nicer yeah yeah it was made with full cooperation of the military too yeah so well see and this, see this is see I, I wish we had another hour to talk about this because it's like how much um, artistic expression do you actually have as, as a filmmaker if you have to run shit by the military. Yeah, that's true. Like, how much uh, did Kubrick and uh, Oliver Stone, like, well, basically Platoon and... Um, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket being, like, the two, like, l- mid to late 80s examples of anti-war 80, films. 85, 87, or something like that. Like, yeah. You know, did, did Oliver Stone run his, his screenplay pass? You know, I, d- I, doubt it very, I, I doubt it very much because there's not a lot of military um, things... Like when people run stuff by the military, it's because they want to use their tanks, the their planes, their and, aircraft yeah, yeah. carriers, their you know their spaceships and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, platoon is just a bunch of grunts walking through the forest, getting eaten by ants and shooting each other. Yeah. Like so, I don't. I doubt very much that he had to. Um, to I, I I don't know, but I and I can't see especially him being the kind of prick that he is. He felt yeah. it was all filmed he stole in one London, of our DVDs? too. No, no, that's... Uh, a lot of no, it was... He didn't steal one. No, that's oh. Benelcio del Toro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Parts <laughs> of it were like of uh, Full Metal Jacket filmed on the London docks and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, it was all filmed in, in England. Yeah, yeah. Like, he actually... Uh, Kubrick actually imported palm trees to... to, to okay, to, that to, I wasn't sure of. Yeah. I knew, like, a good deal of it or chunks of yeah, it there, where there, I thought there's, there there's some, there's, there's like an abandoned, like, warehouse mine thing or something landscape in England somewhere. That they film a lot of the battles. So it's supposed to be the Battle of Way, at the uh, at the the climactic battle in, in Full Metal Jacket, and they yeah he imported palm trees because if you if you watch the movie they're all perfectly planted in a row up these streets and stuff like that. It's like it's all for cinematic purposes. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it, it's not that realistic. The weird but. thing about Full Metal Full Metal Jacket is when I finally saw it. Uh, I was in cadets. I was like 15, and I, I was. Oh like, yeah, you were in the army, weren't you? The air force. Same thing. I wanted to be a pilot, but anyway, no. you saw a Top Gun. But I was. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> I want to be Tom Cruise. I wanted to be an airline pilot or Anthony Edwards. I, I saw an airplane, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to be. Uh, you just want to be the uh, the, uh, the inflatable uh, autopilot. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> anyway. No, the only thing, and to this day, actually, for some reason, uh, Full, Full Metal Jacket is a movie I've never really gone back and rewatched. I, I can see I, why. It's I, brutal. I, I, I've seen it. It's a good. It's a good film. It's, it's a great film. No, 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 it's no, no, but all I remember is the uh, the basic training sequence, which is the, the the first half of the movie, which is basic training. Yeah. is the best part of that. And, movie. But then I don't really care once I get to Vietnam. I'm yeah. just kind of like, who gives a shit? Or England. Um, but yeah. Th- yeah, that scene when they they beat the dude with the bars of soap wrapped in socks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. D'Onofrio. Yeah. They they, they just they, they didn't like him. No. Yeah. I don't think Kubrick was trying to make any kind of. I'm not sure what statement he was trying to make about war with, with Full Metal Jacket. I don't know. Yeah, me neither. It's a, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an anti-war war film for sure. You know, it's yeah. it's a, just another. It, to me, it was another Vietnam film. Um, Apocalypse Now, Deer Hunter, better films, I think. Yeah, like, like but, yeah, the, the, like the Full Metal Jacket. Just it, it's almost like he was being too much of an artist to really have anything to say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
It, it just never really lands for me, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. But it's it's worth it's worth watching for sure. I've seen it a couple times. It's good. Yeah, but but, ever, but, but it, it doesn't have the same level of intimacy as, as Platoon, obviously, because uh, Oliver Stone was actually in uh, Viet. Like yeah. Platoon feels like someone who knows what he's talking about, yeah. and it's got some heart. Yeah. You know, and well, you, Full you Metal get, Jacket. You get to know the characters. It, it just and almost it's, seems, it's important to note we're focusing so much time on Vietnam movies, and it's a Canadian Remembrance Day podcast, and we did not participate in that conflict. We did not. And maybe we should kind of curve it back maybe towards we go, go to films more that actually so address. So we can make some good movies. Well, World War II, I guess. Keep this nationalistic. No, no, no I just want to say, like, with Kubrick, like, there's there's two war films that he's made, or three war. I haven't seen um, Past the Glory, but you got uh, Dr. Strangelove, and then you have... Um, Full Metal Jacket. Now, with Doctor Strange Love, I think the subject matter being the Cold War was so absurd that he could have sort of this well, of sterile, course. removed artist's uh, vision, like, oh, here they all are in this uh, underground, and they're, uh, and they're all idiots, uh, and, and they're all idiots, and, <laughs> and whatever. But with Vietnam, I think it was just a bit more personal for pe- for people. So I don't know. Well, for, of course, for, for, because that's the well, reason it, it never really Love. lands. Is 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 because what never lands? Well, for me. Um, uh, Full Metal Jacket doesn't yeah. really land because it looks like a guy who's never gotten his hands dirty making a movie about a very about a very dirty. Well, it's it's, war. A, it's the same with The Shining for me. It's a. I was he's never, he's never it, axed it, up he, his family. He's no, he's never he's never lived that. in a haunted hotel all yeah, winter and murdered ghosts. his family. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't get writer's block. It just kind of pours <laughs> out of him. What the hell? Yeah. But but you see. Each of my picks, if you notice, there is a little pattern to my picks. Number one, well, we, haven't I don't, we haven't done, we haven't picks, done yet. picks yet. No, but we have done. No, picks. we haven't. No, we haven't. Shut up. You're going to the listeners. But I'm talking to them already, <laughs> like War Game, Threads. <laughs> All right, well, let's, yeah. okay, I well, I guess. Th- right, well, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Anyone who knows you know, knew that Threads was going to be your let's pick. Let's take a yes, break. Of course it was. I was just take trying to make time. it so fucking obvious. Okay, we're going to take a little break. Alex needs to collect himself. We're going to throw We're going to throw to an ad for Alex. Hey, Alex already left the room. May I sit on your couch? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to sit on my couch? Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be back in two was shakes. He, was he asking if you wanted we'll to make it? We'll be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Mm. All right. Don't nobody go nowhere. Uh, we are back for part two. I hope you enjoyed uh, that ad or non-ad or whatever the hell happened. Or whatever you do for like uh, the 20 minutes that we took a break for. You yeah, know? we you took could, a bit of a break. You know, walk to your dog or, you know, go you know go for a massage, you know, yeah, get your go, hair done. Go, go marching up and down the square. Yeah. Whatever one does. Um, so we we are, I guess, into our picks. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of movies and things that I would like to have talked about, but you know, time, you know, being what it is. Well, being we, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the one the, when we sorry, I just briefly want to mention because um, we're talking about the Cold War and Cold War movies, and there's because it was actually not a war. Yeah. It, both, most Cold War movies are like kind of spy movies yeah. and that kind of thing and, you know, espionage and whatnot. Um, do you guys ever see the, the TV series The Americans? No. Well, Amer- yes, uh, but I didn't... I, 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 it's a, it's a fantastic... I, I was not interested at all. So it's a I, fantastic series about like a Russian couple living in America in, uh, in the 80s and they're spies. And they, they, they actually have a family and business and they work as spies. Anyway, it's a great... Cold War series, one of the best TV series, in my opinion, that's ever been made. Um, I put it in my top ten. Oh, it's great. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, let's move on. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go and talk about our uh, our picks of our best or our favorite. I guess favorite is that the so right you just word? Threw, you just threw in a TV pick. 
Yeah. You thought I wasn't going to notice that? Yeah, I did. I did. We're a movie podcast. That's okay. We can still, we can, we can, right. we can sidetrack into the, uh, the world of television right, every right. now and then. Maybe even radio. We can have we, a radio. We haven't, there's a few films we haven't made. Hopefully, I, I hope they get addressed. But what, but we are, what we are doing now in uh, part two of this podcast mm-hmm. is each of us has chosen um, three notable movies about war. And uh, we're just going to count down. So why, why don't you start? You want me to start? You're, you're already talking. You might as well keep on talking. Okay. Usually the host throws to someone else. That doesn't. What well, doesn't matter? I can start uh, it. Okay, I'll, I'll so start. So my Alex, first. Alex is, Alex, Alex is demanding. Can you please let? Well, let me be the fucking host. <laughs> number one. Wait, Alex comes no, charging you in. Don't, you don't start with number one. You start with number three. So Alex. Uh, <laughs> And it's all it's all just made up bullshit anyway. But <laughs> if you only had three movies uh, in descending order um, that were about the subject of war, going from three to one, what would your uh, your third pick be? Well, I wouldn't do it as like in terms of favorites. I have three picks. We're not doing favorites. Just I what, know that. What's your number three? Well, uh, no, well, there you go, That's which is a favorite. No, oh, just pick here's one. how I'm doing them. I have three picks. Okay, fine, in no particular order. I have three picks. And the, with the longest title, he's going for first. The first one is, I feel, the because I want to address the three big, but, but the only, three but, big ones, my friend. But my, you know that we, you, we only want to hear, wait, hold on, just to be clear, we only want to hear your number three. And yeah. then Darren's number three, yes. and then my number three. But it's it, not even a number three. It's just one <laughs> of Well, three. just pick one of the three. But the, don't talk about all three. Just talk sh- about the one. This shouldn't be this hard. To narrow down <laughs> such a huge subject yes. as war films. Wars There's about, so many. There is so many. I narrowed it down to the three big conflicts. World War One, World War Two, and God forbid it you know, ever happens, World War Three. So I'll start my, I think... My personal favorite World War One film. Was that your favorite it. war as well? It's not my favorite war. Okay. I have no favorite wars. Number one would be, as I've said, Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory. It's a world war. It's about a conflict in World War One, and it's a completely horrifying movie. Completely awesome movie. Wonderful piece of drama, but it just shows quagmire one falls into when debating legality and morality under under wartime especially conditions. in, in the, see world war one I, I find particularly interesting my grandfather uh, fought trench warfare in world uh, war one but for, for me when i watch uh war movies and world war one movies are all trench war movies i cannot think of anything i would rather not do than yeah. being then, the then trench. He killed, he he killed into world oh war my god uh, like that is he like killed the, with his bare hands as well as well with his okay weapon. so no, but world for, war, for, for, for me like the most horrific thing is, is living in like gross water sitting in like and you have no you, there's no place to live there well, yeah bloody it's just p- all p- pissy and, gross and then somebody blows a whistle and you gotta jump over like a, the, yeah. a ladder and go like run across the mud and everyone's shooting yeah. at you but i can understand why um fuck in terms of war films, World War One, uh, maybe the Civil War is represented less, but w- World War One. Um, you Civil know, you, you, War, you, not really a focus of anyone's remembrance day. Well, no, it's well, strictly it, American. Okay, whatever, but just war in general. But also, yeah, who gives a shit about the Civil War? I'm not saying that either, either but it's we don't have any American really, listeners. I'm just not putting no, a poppy no, no, on for the Civil but just, War. Okay? I don't know. I don't know why it is. 
but you have a you have like a gazillion World War Two movies and a handful of World War One. Well, movies. I can tell you because World War Two is a way more interesting, interesting conflict. It's be- like it's actually it's actually and a, better planes. Yeah, it's actually a, a world war. Yeah. Whereas like uh, World War One is basically Europe. Well, uh, it's like, America was in Canada. Think, yeah, America and Canada. I Canada, think we had a bit of a presence there. Canada was in there from the beginning. America came in with like a year left in the war, but but still, that's World War Two was like you know Japan and 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 all of Europe and all of North. It's, it's like it's way bigger than and and it's and it's it's more filmed. There's more um, uh, like actually, actual actual footage. Camera, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's just it's just, uh, a, it's just a way uh, more. If it, it, I, personally, when I was growing up, I was fascinated by World War II. Always have been, yeah. just yeah. because of the scale of it and the insanity of it. Yeah. Um, World War One is more confined to like basically France and Germany, you know, in trenches and and they're always fighting. Yeah, they're always fighting. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I, I, I digress. Go ahead. No, but 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 World War One, um, I I got kind of uh, I don't know. I, I I became fascinated with a in my youth. Because of the intimacy of it, where it really was just like sitting in a trench, and and it was the first time like 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 gas was properly used. It just it just seems so much well, no, or used at all. Actually, well, there's that scene. It it just seems so much more tragic somehow. Yeah, World War One. Well, also also because um, people the 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 guys that were going to fight in World War One wanted to go. It was like a it's an adventure. It was like like it was exciting. It was something all their friends were doing until they got there and they realized what a fucking horror shit show it was. And then Uh, it wasn't so much. See, I just thought of another movie I want to talk about. By the way, you mentioned about gassing. I saw the seventies version of all quiet on the western front and a scene i remember from the movie is a horrific scene where a guy does get gassed and one of his superiors almost shoots him but a medic prevents him and then he's like do you know how badly this man's gonna suffer for the rest of his life yeah 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 he inhaled the gas in his lungs and throat will be destroyed now it's just a really horrifying scene that stands out from it's it's, it, it's almost like a, like World War Two, like ago. World War Two, as horrific as it was, they had learned from the f- well, first World is, War. Though. Like, how about we don't do this to each other? Yeah. Well, they like, also yeah, but that's, like, like we'll eventually nuke you, but also but we won't gas you. Well, also the, the the technology had advanced so quickly between what they had to fight with in World War One right. and World War Two, like aircraft carriers, tanks. They know, were looking for and... more efficient ways to kill. It's true. And that's why, you know, God forbid World War Three ever happens because it's a push of a button now. It has nothing to do with even armies going at it in any kind of... Not that I'm in favor of that either, but, you know, there's no real... There's even less chance. It's just push a button and it's, yeah. it's game so, over. So your number everyone. three pick... Well, no, it's not a number three pick, but one of my three picks <laughs> one is of Paths, your, of Glory, Paths of Glory. One of because your three it, picks. It's, it's my favorite World War Paths One film. It was going to be my I number three include, pick. Off the I didn't include else. Vietnam films or right. any other conflicts or Gulf War movies. Fuck right. Uh, okay, so, Darren. My number three pick is a film that hasn't been mentioned um, already. It's an Australian film by Peter Weir. Called Gallipoli. Thank I'm aware you. of Gallipoli. Oh, is, yeah, because you. It like, made my older sister cry her eyes out. You wow. was worried, like, oh no, I'm going to have to drop one of my top three for Gallipoli because I just right. remembered Gallipoli. Yeah. Thank no, you for it's, picking Gallipoli. It's a it's a fantastic, you know, the same thing, you know, the it's, it's a masterpiece. They, 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 the, masterpiece. The, 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 Mel Gibson, I think, it might have been his first film or one, one of his one of his first, and uh, you know. 
guys being sort of duped into going to fighting this exotic war and this it's, exotic it's very land. much like Alkawai on the western front actually yeah. like it like like young men yeah and it all ends tragically of course and yeah it's a great it's a great film peter weir is one of my favorite filmmakers he's yeah, made so it, many good it's movies so underrated peter yeah. weir yeah yeah and uh yeah it's a, it's it's a great world war one film i guess maybe i'm going world war one well okay so if we're gonna go world war one I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll jump right in yep but I would like to, to throw in on, on Gallipoli. Uh, what I love about it is that the first half of it, there's no war. No, nope. they're just walking around well, it's, Australia. It's, it's, it starts. It starts off like there's a competition to run across, like uh, all of Australia. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so because like part of the the, the thing is like uh, I, I can't remember if it's Mel Gibson's the other guy's character. They have to run messages through the trenches from the you know the headquarters to the guys that are fighting and so they want to get yes. these guys that have have experience doing these long distance runs and yeah, stuff like yeah. that um but it's also uh, gallipoli is one is i think the first war film i ever saw that a um focused on a particular battle mm-hmm. and that, that that hadn't occurred to me because i'd seen war films like you know the longest day or, or whatever where it's like oh it's the whole huge and the battle of europe and fucking the big theater the war yeah mm-hmm. right but this was Oh, here's a big cliff, and we have to get over that fucking cliff, yeah. and it's really difficult because the Turks are shooting us the whole goddamn time. Turks, right? It's, it's a small, intimate um, uh, depiction of the effects of war and how horrible is it? Yeah. And that that, that Pogues tune, uh, Waltzing Matilda. I was no. See, you're reading my mind because <laughs> I was like, yeah, God, that's a great song. It is. The band it's, played it, it, Waltzing Matilda. It's so it's so sad. My number three, which was gonna be my number two but um no it's getting complicated I, I, i'm gonna bump it down um is also a world war one uh pick it, which is a film that not a lot of people have ever heard of uh i saw it when i was living in uh, scotland in 1997 the film is called regeneration I've, uh, I've, I think I've seen Regeneration. It's, it's, a, is that, is that a Peter Medic film, possibly? I can't remember. I can't remember who directed yeah. it, uh, but it, it stars Johnny Lee Miller and Jonathan Price. Right. I have seen that. And yeah. uh, Back in over, over here, it's called uh, Behind the Lines, which is the worst name. Isn't that the Gene Hackman, uh, Owen Wilson thing? What? There's a movie called that Behind... Or maybe it's no. Behind Enemy Lines. I don't know. Oh, Anyways. no, no. That's the, you're right. They, no, yeah. No, it's not Behind Enemy Lines. Okay. <laughs> the story of Regeneration... Or behind the lines, it takes place in a um, uh, a Scottish psychological hospital during World War One, and Jonathan Price is uh, he plays a, a real person. I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a, a psychiatrist whose job was basically to patch up soldiers and convince them that they're sane enough to go back to war. Oof. Although only an insane person would ever go back to war, and it, it and it shows the. Um, Basically, the second-hand effects of World War One, right? Of shell shock, because the psychiatrist starts feeling well the psychological impact from his patients, right? And two of his patients are Wilfred Owen, the the, the famous war poet, and Siegfried Sassoon, also a famous war poet. Not Vidal Sassoon. No. 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 Famous hairstylist. No, with the, the the huge hair. No, not him. And he was a Nazi anyway. Was he? No. Anyway, um, I learned a lot from this film when I saw it, um, and it also uh, uh, turned me on to um, war war poetry. Yeah. I really love reading war poetry. Oh, that sounds nice. Anyway, uh, Siegfried Sassoon and uh, Wilfred Owen um, build this relationship in this 
hospital. Anyway, whatever. Check it out. It's, it's called Regeneration. I think Hope. it's hard, I think it's kind of hard to find. We had it on VHS way back in the day, yeah. and I've never seen it ever since. It's a it's a it's a, an incredible film. And yeah, when I say well, we, and, I meant and, and because Black it, because video. it deals with two poets. I guess they changed the name to Behind the Lines, right? Which is lame. Which is just so fucking. Oh lame. my god! Because as a double entendre. But the the the, the actual uh, scenes, the, the the battle scenes are, are not glorious at all. In fact, you don't actually see any shooting or anything. Right. It's always just after the fact. Right. And it's just fucking miserable, yeah. man. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know where they go to film these World War One trench scenes. It could be on a lot. So muddy and so wet. Could be on a lot. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably easy to do like that on a lot. Like uh, like Dunkirk, um, which is a great, actually, pretty great World War One movie, which hasn't even been mentioned tonight. Two. No, it's World War One, is it? No, it's two. World War One. It's, it's uh, Dunkirk. No, wait, no. I'm, th- I'm thinking of um, 1917. Oh yeah, uh, the Sam Mendes film. That's also no. That's one. No, yeah, because it's 1917. <laughs> yeah, but 1917 is really. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's World War One. No, no, I know, but like you think it's. Oh, Dylan! I think no, it's a great no, old I, war, Dylan. No, I no, I I wasn't confused about what war it was. It was the Great Zulu War. No, I was confused by you saying it was a great World it, War One movie. It's it's a very it's a very good World War One movie. The, the, it's kind of um, it doesn't have anything to say though, does it? I, th- I, mean, I, th- I think I think the the, the attraction that's because it's all done in a technically. Well, one shot. But it's a three shots, but it's a really good trench warfare kind of movie. But yeah, um, the second one I mentioned, which or the first one I mentioned, which I Gallipoli. Gl- no, um, Dunkirk. Oh yeah, it's a that's a very it's a very good war movie as well. But anyways, um, yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's like movies with nothing to say though. Like with Dunkirk, yeah. with Dunkirk, I'm like, yeah, this happened, and there was it's a, Christopher Nolan doing his like a his, time his, shifting. His, thing. And, we'll, and we'll see with his uh, nuke movie that's coming out. Oh yeah. But but it, Dunkirk left me flat, man. I gotta be honest. I was kind of like, and yeah, like, yeah, sure. There were planes, and there were boats, and there were people. Yeah, actually, the best part of Dunkirk was the um, uh, the dude who was a little boat went over to rescue the guys. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crazy guy ended up killing. Yeah, that was the, that could have been the whole movie. In my yeah, opinion. that was the best part. Anyways, let's let's not talk about that. Let's uh, let's go on with our next pick. Okay, right. So, um, Alex, what's your Alex. second pick? <laughs> Well, World War II film, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it earlier. Um, there's so many amazing movies made about that conflict, mm-hmm. but the one I want to give a shout out to again is Overlord from 1975. Stuart Cooper, check it out. Unfortunately, and I don't have a video store anymore. Museum. I can walk down That's the street right. and get these things. That's right. Fuck. And it did eventually get sold. It might be. You no, might still I, don't, have I don't think I have it. Okay, but anyway, it's on Criterion. And uh, I mean, I don't know if it's on the channel, but it was you on You could DVD probably rent it at VideoCat. Probably rent it at VideoCat. No. Or, yeah. But uh, yeah, see that movie? It's a mid-70s take on D-Day. And it's really an awesome film. And really unique. An experimental film. It uses, like I said, stock footage seamlessly put together into a story with stuff filmed in the mid seventies mm. in black and white, convincing a convincing story about a young man going off to D day. Yeah. That sounds cool. Gonna, really, yeah. I'm, it's I'm a very cool movie. Check, that out, yeah. I, I, check actually, it out. I just want, it's there's better films out there than overlord, but it's so interesting and unique. Like and star Wars. We didn't even mention star Wars. Well, no. <laughs> Anyways, it <was> clone wars. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> So yeah, my uh, my actually second pick was Paths of Glory, but since you've already mentioned it, there's no point mentioning it again. It's a great film, but um, there's a number of films that came to mind. Um, uh, Battle of Algiers, the, uh, yeah, the awesome f- movie, which is a great film. Um, Grand Illusion, I was going to mention, um, but the one it's a it's 
you might even think it's a war film, uh, more of a horror film, but it's a film called Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yes, because it's all about it uh, post-traumatic made... disorder. That is stress. a brilliant. Movie. It almost made my list. Yeah, because it's funny because when I was thinking of war movies, that didn't really cross my mind. It's like, wait a minute, yeah, because like, it, you know, it's it's a Vietnam. It vet. absolutely is an anti-war film. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know the trauma and the horrors and <laughs> maybe a little too much, but I love that movie. I think we should do it for a podcast. Oh out. yeah, no. we definitely have to do it. I just bought the Blu-ray, so. Um, but yeah, you know T- Tim Robbins is a, a Vietnam vet who's experiencing weird hallucinations and uh, and there's conspiracy theory, but you don't know if it's in his mind. I'm not going to give anything away. Young Macaulay Culkin in there as his spectral son. Is that is that is that who is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Danny Aiello. The, the only thing there. I didn't like about that movie was the very ending. But we can talk about that if we do the podcast. Oh, I like but, no, I like the very ending. Yeah, I know yeah, a lot of people did. I thought it was as yeah. a chiropractor. Yeah, it's a great uh, 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 Elizabeth Pena is his girlfriend. Yeah, it's a it's a great film. And, and it's it's terrifying, and, and it's all and, and there's that great scene because he, because he's a postman. Right. And he walks by, and there's a, there's like the black teenage girls. And when he walks when he walks by, they go like. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Postman. So there's a little bit of levity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not all grim, but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty dour it downer is, it of is. a film. And I, I saw that movie when I was like 14, because mm-hmm. when I worked, I worked at the Paradise Theater and uh, did not understand it, was ho- completely horrified by it. Well, there's some great imagery, and it's not, there's no computer-generated effects in it. It's all in camera. It's all weird, you know, makeup and, and just effects, and it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's Adrian it's really Lin, good. right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, that, that's a great choice, and and it was on my you know short list of like thirty, short, yeah, 30 yeah, films exactly. to talk about, but but I I, I I guess I didn't really classify it as a an yeah. anti war film. Yeah, because there's no war in it. Yeah. Well, actually, the well, very beginning the very beginning has like some war scenes in it. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, because the whole well the whole thing is about the effects yeah, uh, yeah. on the mind of of being and again in, in a deer hunter kind of way. Yeah. You know, it, it's not technically a war film, but it does. Well, the like, Deer Hunter does have some some scenes in Vietnam right. and whatnot. You know, the helicopters and you know the Russian roulette and shit like that. Yeah. Um, Even though that's completely fictionalized, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a, it's not it's a, it's not a documentary. You can uh, I, I don't care if it's fictionalized or not. I think it, it's it's effective use of you know, it's effective part of the film. It's a metaphor. I'm not dumping on it. I'm just saying that was. But I mean, all I said was. It was fictionalized, the Russian roulette. That's most, all. But that and that was a major. Most movies are fictionalized, though. Well, of course, <laughs> but I mean that is presented as like a part of like the culture there that everyone's playing it, and that it was a common practice yeah, in well, war, and it's not. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I think again, I've never seen the Deer Hunter, but I have seen. Um, it's a great movie. Meet the Feebles, where they have. Yeah, a, they spoof <laughs> this the incredibly racist recreation mm-hmm. with like beavers with I the think? puppets. Yeah. puppets. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Anyways, what's your uh, second pick? Well, my second pick, in no particular order, except uh, my number sec- two. <laughs> my, it, it is my number two, and not not as good as my number one. I, I believe it to be a, a Croatian or Serbian film from I think around two thousand four, two thousand five. Not a Serbian film ca- called uh, No Man's Land. I was going to mention that one. Yeah. Um, no Man's Land uh, is not. I mean, it, it, it is set during the Croatian-Serbian conflict. Uh, and it's a comedy where basically two people uh, from either side, respectively, find themselves in a trench. Um, and there's a third third person who is, is lying on a landmine. And um, if he moves blow for up. any reason, he'll kill everybody. 
Uh, and by the end of it, the UN gets involved and, and, and the states gets involved and there is like literally nothing they can do. Right. But the whole time, the, the Serbian and the Croatian soldiers are just constantly big. It's, it's like the odd couple in a trench with a landmine. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, it's a great example of an anti-war film that's not necessarily like, and then the young man goes to war and he dies and well, it's so tragic. But it's it's just holy shit. Well, that, yeah. isn't this absurd? Well, that that's what I love about like uh, films from Eastern Europe, like not in Eastern in general, but um, just that uh, they have an absurd, very cynical sense of humor, which really appeals to me. Yeah, and and I've never seen No Man's Land. Oh, check it out, yeah. man! It's really really good. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds. I've always wanted to watch and it. And entertaining, but, like yeah. it's like it, it isn't like preachy. No, it, it's actually a laugh out loud comedy. Oh my god! There's a bit where, where, where like the Serbian and the and the and the and the Croat are like, "You started it! No, you started it! No, you started it! No, you like." And it goes on for like two minutes, but uh-huh. it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it, it's it's very obvious. Yeah, it's symbolism. I'll give it um, if I ever get a chance to see it, I will watch. But it. But it's it, it's it's delightful. I, I I put it up there with with uh, you know the great dictator or or the general. Yeah, we didn't even mention the general. War comedies. Yeah, the general is one of the best. It's one of my favorite films. It's so good. And it yeah, it's a yeah. civil war movie. We didn't. There we go. Civil war movie. Civil war. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 brilliant. Yeah. Alex, Alex, what's your number one pick? Well, Might it be? It is Threads from <laughs> Threads. 1984. Of course and also, it is. Yeah. You're so but predictable. It's it's uh, inextricably linked for me with the war game, the Peter Watkins film. Seeing them both, both just ponder the question, although one was made in 1966 and one was made in 1984, they still ponder that question. I think that the same, it's going to be the same outcome. Well, yeah, but they ponder like what, What's next if there is a World War Three? There's nothing. And basically, there's yeah, Road Warrior. Both films. No, completely you'd be lucky to have Road Warrior. Those, yeah, Road Warrior would <laughs> or the, be or the Road. Like, you ever see the Road? Oh, God, or read yeah. the Road? Jesus. But it's basically, yeah. Both of the, both of those films are effective enough to say stop the madness. Now we lost enough lives, souls, whatever. In the first couple of conflicts and all, all the you know our, our whatever conflicts are always going on, but. If World War Three to be ha- were to happen, you know, nothing would be left. You know, it, let's not be, even be go honest. There. It, it's amazed. That, let's not it, even go there. It, it's That's amazing that it has crazy. it hasn't already happened. You know, it was it came really close during the Cuban Missile Crisis in That's the early sixties. Um, that was probably the closest uh, that we know of mm. that yeah. we've ever been to the brink of you know total nuclear annihilation. Next but, or next to Chernobyl, although it wasn't but that, a war, but yeah, still exactly for obliteration. Well, know. I mean, I, I can't remember who it was. You said like. As long as these uh, these have these things have been invented, it's an inevitability that they will be used. Was it uh, Oscar Wilde? No, probably not. I no, I think no. it was Noam Chomsky, Carl Sagan. <laughs> and no, if Wilde said he said well, he said in a funnier way, it's like, like it's like the, <laughs> well, it's, they, they will be used. Well, it's like the uh, the only thing I have to declare is uh, nuclear Armageddon. Well, it's like the uh, the trope of you show a gun in the first act. Yeah, why do we never know someone's gun? Uh, this is like the 30th time on this sti- podcast. I'm going to make a movie where I specifically show a gun in the first act and don't do shit yeah. with it just to fuck just with to people. Just to fuck you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to make a movie where, a genre where it's I'll just be. the gun. So it's Steve's gun. It's called Steve's gun in the first act, right? Uh, it's, it's some <laughs> Russian writer. Right. 
Uh, it's Chekhov. It's De- Chekhov's fucking Some Russian laser writer. It's Deus Ex Machina, right? It's just Star Trek, It's the Deus Ex Machina thing you're always going on. Anyway, so the whole thing, like, as long as nukes have been invented, they're going to be used. Yeah, it's it's horrifying and incredibly depressing, and I, I really hope it doesn't come. I hope this never this, in my yeah. lifetime. I hope I, it doesn't happen. I know well, what your yeah. pick's gonna be, by the way. You have no idea what my pick's I gonna do. be. Oh yeah, um, what's what it gonna th- be? I I, just what do you think it's gonna be? Because I'm about to say it, but what do it's you think? A it's a three word be? title. It is. You're right. And is in the middle. Uh, yeah, you know what it is. Then. Yeah. Because it's a brilliant film, right. and I almost picked it too. It's just I've urged you speak the love of this hold film. On. A three word title. Uh huh. Yeah. And is in the middle. Yeah. It's a Russian film. I knew he picked, it, but it's a brilliant film, and I yeah. almost picked yeah. it too. Oh, yeah, I won't it's know. a movie called Come and See. Oh, Come and See. Yeah, of which so. is which I haven't seen. I, I did not come and see it. Yeah, I saw that at the film festival years ago, yeah. and at the Vogue, and it still sticks with me. It's like. Yeah. It's one of the it's it's the anti-war film as far as I'm concerned. It's about this uh, 16-year-old Belarusian kid and just going through the horrors of yeah. war in uh, in uh, Russia and uh, in on the the west or the eastern front. And it's fucking grim and it's harsh and it's brutal and it's awesome. I loved it. It's like it's such a good. I, I want to see it again, but it, you got it's not something you want to rush into because right, it's right. So it's it's a it's an amazing film. I wanted to watch it again when we got in the nice Criterion copy, but again, it was a mood thing. I just didn't get around to watching mm-hmm. it. And also, I I had seen it once because we used to have a crummier version on DVD. It didn't look all yeah. that good, but I've never seen a nice copy of it. And I and it really hit me hard too. Yeah. And I know I've just heard you speak so highly of it over the it's years. Such it's such a good a, film. It yeah. is a brilliant film. There, there's a, there's but a, I just haven't been in the mindset to revisit. Yeah, fair it. enough. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a few others that I want to mention. Uh, there's this do, yeah. great um, Italian one f- about World War II called um, Night of the Shooting Stars, about uh, you know dealing with uh, you know Italy's complicated role in World War II. Started off on Germany's side and then quit and then you know were taken over by Germany and stuff like that. That's that's a great one. Jo- uh, uh, Grand Illusion we already mentioned. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that's fun. Uh, that's a, that's a fun, funny, but you know. That makes really funny. No, that uh, Jojo that, Rabbit. It makes good double bill with Jojo Dancer. Yeah, <laughs> does it, yeah. Does your, it? <laughs> your life is calling. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned Jojo Rabbit because uh, I, I was struggling to come up with any like uh, any war comedies. Mm-hmm. You know, anti-war comedies, not like Tropic Thunder or whatever. Right, and, right. And all I could come up with was like Catch Twenty Two and uh, Catch Twenty Two is really, is really good. Yeah, um, it's 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 that's not great, but it's and, it's really and good. Mash, Mash, which I hate. Really? <laughs> uh, well, I love the book Catch Twenty Two, but it, the movie's pretty the, the, good. The, 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 the book's way better. Um, you know, there's, there's maybe like Buffalo Soldiers. I think you know, there's there's a few. There's there's a, there's a lot. There's, there's so many movies. Uh, I, I'm trying actually, to just think of. The... I tend to forget about newer movies when we make these kinds of lists. And uh, yeah, Jojo Rabbit is terrific. Yeah, and the the new the new All Quiet in the Western Front. I would give props to. I thought it was a good, you know, solid and it you know tragic and. You know, I think the ending is like, oh my god! I don't know if the ending's the same as in the original. The, the end, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Because, Anyways, yeah, you're up we, next. We're, we're telegraphing my pick. It was it all all quite interesting? It is my, <laughs> my my pick for the what I consider to be the the best anti-war film. Of Obviously, all time the original is the original 1930, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. And I, and I watched the, uh, the the new All Quiet on the Western Front. I was thrilled they actually made a remake. For, this is the first time in a very long time I was actually excited about a remake. And it, and, it, and it's in it's in German. It's, it's, a, it's a German uh, production, yeah, but, which is but the, 
the fucking but Netflix I couldn't I couldn't get the subtitles really so I just had to watch you the watch it dubbed I watched the dubbed one how could you not get the subtitles I, there was no option I have no idea how to do it Ugh. so so but I watched the subtitles despite that despite the dubbing by the way Netflix if you're listening give and, us both and, options and you know they are by the uh, way by the way nobody wants dubbing nobody wants dubbing. everybody wants the subtitles yeah. um uh, but, 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 I, but I, I i did watch it subtitled so that option is there you just don't know how to work your remote it's true i don't yeah <laughs> um anyway there are differences between the new one and the old one i the new one is interesting because it, it, it leans far more into the politics of, of the war, you know? So, so you, in the original, you see everything from the central character, Paul Bomber's perspective. He's a kid in school. He dreams of adventure and all of this. He joins the army. He learns a thing or two. Uh, and then right when it's all over, he is he's he's sh- he's shot dead. Right. You know, um, like the last I, hour. I, I, or whatever. I don't I don't think that's. Uh, um, well, it's hard. A it's spoiler. Hard, it's hard to be a spoiler for a, a, like an almost hundred year old movie. Yeah, and and the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, more than a hundred. In, in the remake, the ending, I thought was well. Okay, fine. I'll just say it. In, in the original, he is reaching for um, uh, a butterfly. Oh, how symbolic is that? And, 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 he, and he, he, just, he, he figures, well, seeing as the war is over in like five minutes, he, <sighs> he, he actually crawls over the... And he gets killed, right? right? Uh, in this new one, there's a big, great big fight. And, because uh, because the, the, the commandant or whatever... He's decided he, like he's going to... Because he, he can't... Uh, he, he's like Trump. He can't, um, he just he can't, he can't lose. He can't, yeah. he can't uh, accept he lost. Yeah, and and he has to send the troops because it's... Because the the armistice, the war ends on the eleventh hour, the eleventh day of the eleventh yeah. month, and it's like ten o'clock in the morning. He's like, "One more battle to win," and yeah. then sends everybody out to fight again. And some got, some guys don't want to go, and they 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 shoot them. I got the point, uh, but I just thought it was, although it was probably more realistic, I thought it was just less. Well, they're they're, they're trying to amp up just how tragic it is and well, it, like, it doesn't it, get it, more tragic than being killed with like no time left in the war and the new one just was so much gorier and bloodier and, and, which and is more miserable and it was like, yeah which is more the, realistic the original is like 80 minutes and this thing is two hours and it's 20. way it's way too long and and a lot of that is people's guts hanging out of their, their, yeah but it's know? but the thing is it's i i'd rather see that than just guys getting shot and falling down yeah because there, there's no there's no realism i there's i don't well, find that except i although in the case of the original uh all quiet in the western front guys get shot and fall down mm-hmm. but there is meaning to it Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with this, it got to a point with goriness and blood. Like, like the one guy stabs himself in the fucking chest because he's like, I can't feel my legs, and he's fucking, and then he stabs <laughs> himself in the neck, and that's not in the book or the movie. It's, yeah, it's, just it's all like, sensational. So I kind, well, I, I just kind of felt like they went overboard with the the look how horrible World War One was porn. Right? Well, that's a, that's a thing. It's like all movies, all war movies now made now have to do that. They have to show. The graphic, the extreme, yeah, to make it you know almost legitimate. I did really like it though. Don't get me wrong; the mm. cinematography is great. Yeah, it's it's well put together. I just thought but, it. I just like to, to pardon the pun. I thought it was overkill. Like I thought it was a half an hour too long, and and like just, it is too long. I watched it in two parts. It was just because like, it was too long. You know, so I would highly recommend seeing the original 1930, All Quiet on the Western Front. Right. 
And of course, there are other films that we haven't really talked about. I don't know if we brought up Doctor Strange Love. We but we did mention um, it briefly, yeah, and, and yeah. But there's there's just there's there's too many. Yeah, there's just there, there's just so many. There's just so many. Um, so many good ones. So many mediocre ones. Uh, yeah, and that I guess brings us to the end of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, check out these movies. I guess um, so. Well, those are our recommendations too. It's Remembrance Day. Think, you know, it's like yeah, like just the, think about lest it. we forget. Yeah. Well, there's so like I think. Because we get we, we get further removed from why we do Remembrance Day. It's basically it's a, it's from World War One, but it's also from all the wars that yeah. Canadians fought in and died, yeah. and you know just to, to live in this lovely country that we live in, despite what you know the Freedom Convoy douchebags might think. I wear a poppy. Yeah. Um, I, I I do when I can get my hands on one, but yes. Well, I or, or but or when I don't get my fingers stabbed. <laughs> uh, hey, Your poppy chest. people. Uh, maybe a little thing you put on the end of that incredibly sharp piece of metal. How many? How many times have you been stabbed? I've been stabbed like probably about thirty times. Oh, I customized three thousand times. Yeah. See, I customized my poppy. I made it into one of these. Oh, look at it. smart. There you smart. go. Yeah, and I leave a little because I own two of them, and I've been wearing Show like off. I wear them every year, and I've been doing it for years. So I just when I'm at the bank or whatever, I drop a little bit of change to pay for it. It's almost like renewing. Yeah. To wear yeah, this rent, poppy, you, you but I haven't it, bought rent, a poppy in years. I pay for them, renting your but I, I I glued one together into a clip pin form because they it would fall off within five minutes. Yeah, that that whole white poppy thing from a few years ago. I don't remember that. Oh, it was so stupid. It's like my white poppy actually means peace. It's oh, like, well, fuck. so does the red one. Yeah, yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. the because uh, we're you, not yeah, the, the it, glorifying glorifying one. I, I got into a whole big fight with a, a bar full of people once. They're just like you, you, like a whole bar. You, you love the army, and it's like uh, you totally missed the point. Anyway, um, it uh, enjoy your Remembrance Day, but remember why. Yeah, you get a day off. It's a long weekend, but yeah, think about you know why yeah, we're here, well, or just take a minute of silence and actually have it. It's, it's not too much to ask that you take a whole it's minute. Not, it's not that hard. Just take a minute. <laughs> Go to your local cenotaph and yes, yeah. and, and uh, it's, it's cemetery. It's, actually, yeah. the, the cemetery up on Thirty um, Third and Fraser has a whole. Uh, Part from uh, yeah. of people that died in World War One. Well, and I'm probably going to go to the cenotaph right over here in Grandview Park on Friday. Yeah, cool. oh. and you don't have to stay for everything. No, nope. like when the Boy Scouts start singing "Amazing Grace," just go get a cup of coffee. It's fine yeah. as long as you show up. I'm bringing some beers. Yes, no. I'll be there. <laughs> anyway, this has been the Black Dog Video After Dark podcast. We are located in East Vancouver. Well, no, um, we're we're, lo- we're just located in the ether now. We don't have an actual. I don't want people coming to my house. Don't give up my address. No, but at this moment, <laughs> we are in East Vancouver, in my living room. That's right. The moon is exactly uh, <laughs> at yeah. midnight in three, two, one. Yeah, if you have one of what's one of those things that you can navigate uh, these uh, like a, 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 sex, a, a sextant. That the uh, you know what somebody from World War One would know that exactly. Yeah, in the yeah they're, they're gonna they're gonna be able to triangulate where we're coming from and then show up. Speaking of generals, mm-hmm. we have a general working uh, working the board, Mister uh, Greg S. Thank you again yes, once thank again Greg, for making yeah. us sound so sexy and smart. Woo. Yeah. Um, I have been uh, Dylan Reimer, and and who have you been? I've been Alex Chisholm, and I'm still Darren Gay. Um, we have another episode coming up. I hope so. Oh, and by <laughs> the way, go get your hair cut at uh, Jefferson's Hair Styling. Hair Styling room, Cutting Place. The room with scissors. Yeah, the dungeon. <laughs> the 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 yeah the the cutting dungeon. Yeah, they they do good work there. They're on uh, commercial and fourth ish. Yeah, they're terrific. They're yeah. terrific. Yeah, good um, folk. Good folk. 
the tell conversation. Him, tell him the Black the Dog uh, um, uh, podcast uh, sent you, and you'll get a zero percent exactly discount. Exactly, you'll get nothing. Yeah. You'll get nothing but a good haircut. But you know what? You'll it's get a better haircut if you mention our podcast. It's true. He he does do a little extra, a little extra something. something. I know it's, it's called nepotism, and <laughs> and we love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and enjoy your uh, Remembrance Day weekend. But just rem- remember what it's, it's all about. Exactly. Thank you for listening, and everybody out there, be good to everybody out there. When I was a young man, I carried my pack And I lived the free life of a rover From the Murray's Green Basin to the dusty outback I waltzed my Matilda all over Then in 1915, my country said, son, it's time to stop rambling, cause there's work to be done. So they gave me a tin hat and they gave me a gun and they sent me away to the war. And the band played waltzing Matilda As we sailed away from the Kai And amidst all the tears And the shouts and the cheers We sailed off for Gallipoli How well I remember that terrible day when the blood stained the sand and the water and how in that hell that they call Sovlevay we were butchered like lambs at the slaughter Johnny Turkey was ready he primed himself well He showered us with bullets and he rained us with shells and in five minutes flat he'd blown us all to hell nearly blew us right back to Australia and the band played waltzing Matilda as we stop to bury our slain And we buried ours And the Turks buried theirs And it started all over again <laughs>